Breakfast today is sponsored by Joachim Nahmani in honor of the Kahal, wishing the entire Kahal Hatzlaha. And as well, uh, on the occasion of the Hilulah, a Rabbi is Hakabu Hasera. Please say any Berachot or any Limud Torah on, on his behalf as well. As well, in loving memory of Jeanette Feldman, Alea HaShalom. Uh, can you lift that one up for a second? Leilui Nishmat Adina Bat Yocheved, sponsored by the Feldman family, and also. Is it over there? Also, uh, in memory of Yosef Ben Esther. Uh, by Rabbi Bibi, and thank you very much, Rabbi, for all of your words of Torah. Always, always with a smile, always with a with beautiful derech eretz. We uh, we appreciate and value you uh, being here with us all the time. It's so it's so special for us. Okay, Rabbi this week's parasha is the parasha of the giving of the Torah. Shockingly, one would have thought that the most important parasha in the whole of the Torah would be called after the seminal event of the entirety of the Torah. Again, let me just express this clearly. Every single thing in the Torah that happens is subject to one event. The most important thing that happens in the Torah, bar none, is not Bereshit. It's not Avraham, it's not Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not Isiat Mitzrayim. The most important thing that happens in the Torah is Matan Torah. So if this is the most important chapter in your book, who are you going to name it after? What are you going to name it after? You should have named the parasha Sinai. You should have named the parasha Torah. You should have named the parasha something. The last thing in the world you're going to name the parasha is Yitro. Why? We actually find out, the reason why it's called, the parasha is called Parashat Yitro is because Yitro is someone who uh, comes up with this idea, gives the idea to Moshe Rabbeinu. And in this week's parasha, when Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to figure out how to judge and teach the people, so Yitro comes along with a system, which by the way is quite a simple system. As an example, let's say you come to the, to the municipality and you say, look, I had to wait three days for a court date. I can't get a judge. Impossible. I asked them to speed it up because uh, unfortunately someone's uh, not well in the family and they moved me up instead of three days to two and a half days. And the reason is because there's only one judge. Is there anyone in the world that can come up with the idea that if there's a lot of people and one judge that you need more judges? It's the simplest thing ever. Why is that, first of all, why is that a special thing to do? But more importantly, a second layer to that question. However important it is to do, why is that then something that we would name the parasha, any parasha after him, let alone the parasha that describes giving of Torah? It's very strange. The answer, Rabotai, is hidden in something that unfortunately not everyone who studies Torah understands. And I could speak about this for a long and long, 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 long time, but we only have a few minutes. So I'm going to keep it very short. There's a prerequisite for Torah. The prerequisite is humility. If a person doesn't have humility, then they have nothing. There's no approach to Torah at all. The Torah runs away from him. And let me explain why. When a person learns Torah, they're doing something that is unbelievable. And we don't even realize this, by the way. We think we're learning Torah. We're learning ideas. 
Now, maybe some of us are plugged into the fact that these ideas are different than the ideas of math, of physics, of science, of history. We understand these ideas are maybe larger, more spiritual. So we think we're learning spiritual ideas. But actually, the deepest understanding of what we are doing when we are learning Torah is we are communing with God. That's what we are doing. We're communicating with God. But not the communication of prayer. The communication of prayer is when we talk to God and in that relationship space, we interact with Him. When we study Torah, we are communing, we are coming together. We're using His words and we're using God's thoughts. That is what Torah is. It's God's thoughts. It's God's thought process. We're thinking, we are almost aligning ourselves with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why the Mishnah and Avot says, when 10 people sit together and they learn, Hashem sits with them. What if three people sit and learn? What if two people sit and learn? Even if a person is learning by himself, he's never learning by himself, he's learning with God. That's what the Mishnah and Avot says. Unbelievable. You're communing, you're getting together with God. And what does it say about God? What does God hate more than anything else? People who are haughty. Hashem says about someone who's arrogant, who has an ego, who thinks he's better than anybody else. Not better than everybody else. Better than anybody else. Ramban says, Because everybody has something in their life which makes them better than you. Ramban says, if they're rich, I say, wow, look, Hashem gave them a, such a zikhut. If they're poor, a person should say, wow, you know, I'm, I'm rich, I have so many challenges. I have to spend my money correctly, I have to do this, I can't be ge'eh. That guy, because he's poor, he's probably better than me. If a guy has children, he's better than you. If he doesn't have children, if he's married, he's better than you. Everybody has something that's better than you. There's always an opportunity to find something beautiful in somebody else that you don't have, and therefore to humble yourself in front of them. Hashem says, who? this guy and me, we can't live in one space. So the nature of, tif, of Talmud Torah, which is connecting with God, is an impossibility if a person has ga'ava. In fact, we find a strange, uh, uh, perhaps deviance in, uh, uh, in approach by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, God says to him, please, I want you to lead the Jewish people. Moshe says, no and no and no. Day goes by, three days go by, seven days go by, he's still arguing with God. He doesn't want the job, somebody else should do it, somebody else can come, there's people that are better than me. Hashem says, Fadal, come to Harsina. Hashem's like, and Moshe's like, sure. How come Moshe didn't fight again? He's about to give the Torah to you for all generations eternally. It would be Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe. How come Moshe doesn't say, oh, what about Aharon? What about this guy? What about the other guy? Says the Pasuk something unbelievable. And Hashem called Moshe from, this, from the mountain. The understanding is that Moshe looked at the mountain that God chose. And he saw the mountain was tiny. And there's all these other beautiful, impressive mountains or cliff faces he could have given the Torah on. Moshe said, if God chose the smallest mountain, he's looking for the most humble thing to be able to give and contain this gift of Torah for the heavens. If he's looking for the smallest, there's nobody better than me. Moshe comes straight. Moshe arafel. Moshe happily walks straight up to the mountain. This is me. This is my time to shine. Because he's looking for the smallest guy in the world. That's me. Rabotai, this gift of Torah is very, very special. But it requires a humility when we come to it. It requires almost a self-negation. 
When we come and we decide, oh, that, I like this, oh, that sounds right to me, that, who are you? The first thing we need to seek to understand is, what is Hashem saying? What does the Torah ask of me? And then to try and figure out how I could implement that in my life. Our sages were unbelievable uh, in their pursuit of Talmud Torah, how much they learned, how much they put themselves out in order to be able to study the words of Torah because they felt that without the Torah they were nothing. There's an unbelievable story with Rabbi Eliezer Menachem Man Shach. He was studying and he came across the most difficult question in learning. He comes to visit the, the brisker of Rav Soloveitchik. He knocks on the door. He says, I have this question. It's such a difficult question. I can't figure out the answer. Can you help? The brisker of says, wow. That is a question to end all questions. Please don't ask this question. On the night of the Seder, we'll never get to the matzah. It's unbelievable. He's no, he says, it's a, I have no answer. Rav Shach says, okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. He goes back home. Three o'clock in the morning, knock, 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 knock. There's a knock from the briskarov on the door of his son. He says, get up. The kid says, get up. What do you mean, get up? He says, get up. I have an answer to the question. I have an answer to the question of, of uh, Rav Shach. His son says to Rav Briskarov, he says, what are you talking about? It's three o'clock in the morning. You want me to go give him the answer now? It's, I'm not, I'm not going to wake him up tomorrow morning. The briskarov looks at his son. He's confused. He says, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. He goes, with a question like that, you think Rav Shach went to sleep? So the boy says, wow, okay, I hear you. He says, but maybe he came up with an answer. And maybe he came up with an answer, and now he's sleeping, and, and uh, even though you've got one, he's already out cold. And the rabbi looks at his son again, he says, you think Rav Shach would stay sleeping knowing that I'm here not sleeping without the answer? You understand? For them, it was life. And the reason that made them so, it made them so uh, devoted in the way that they learned Torah because they could think all the time, this is something that's going to make me, that's going to elevate me, that's going to perfect me. But that requires a humility. When a person feels like I'm all that, I'm perfect the way I am, and they don't engage in Torah because they think, oh, the rabbi is going to give me a, a nice idea about uh, working hard for the community. As Rabbi Bibi was talking about, I'm already a superstar. I do all the work that the community that, you know, that is necessary. Anyone can come to me at any time. I'm well known in the streets as a Baal Tzedakah or a Baal Etzah, even more a Baal Etzah. I like to, give, to tell people what to do. Okay? This idea, the humility that a person can have, that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes on this week's parasha, and he says, I'm going to call the parasha Yitro. Why? Yitro, we know, was Hoten Moshe. He was, on the one hand, the father-in-law of Moshe, but on the other hand, he was also Kohen Midian. He was the biggest posek in Abu Dazara in the world. He knew every single idol worship front to back. He had been a priest and sacrificed sacrifices to every single god other than God in heaven. Everyone would come to him with their questions. Rabbi, what's the halakha? If I didn't uh, bow 100% to the Abu Dazara, you know, do I need to bow again? You know? How many Hail Marys do I need to, etc., etc.? They would ask him all their questions, right? All of a sudden, he comes to Am Israel, and who is he? He's a nobody. He has no name. 
He, for, in the beginning of parasha is Yitro. Then for the duration of that parasha, he's known as not as Yitro, not as Kohen Midian. Who is he? Choten Moshe. He's uh, Hadash's father-in-law. Do you know what that means? It's a, it's a funny thing. But for someone to be so dedicated to Emet, that he's willing to come, and from being the expert in everything, all of a sudden he's sitting with the little kids in Aleph Bet. He's in the kids' minyan because he doesn't know how to read yet. That's a difficult thing. So when you're feeling that small, what do you do when something, you see something that's not right? When you see something out of place, what do you do? You keep shtum. You shut your mouth. No one's going you know, no to introduce themselves. No one's going to say anything. It, you know, they're embarrassed. Nobody knows who they are. I don't know anything. I'm just doing Aleph Bet, etc., etc. You keep your ideas to yourself. The point of why his idea was so special that we named it after him is not because the idea was special. It was, it was because even though he was being so humble, he still was driven to be able to provide and to stand up when he saw something that wasn't right, to stand up for it. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu bless us with the humility to be able to be the best people we could. May He bless us with the ability to study Torah and to set aside times for Torah. And may, as the name Yitro suggests, Yeter, a little bit more and a little bit more, may we dedicate a little bit more time each week, each year, till eventually we're studying in a way, in a, in a, in a, uh, in a, a way that is appropriate and that will make our forefathers and Avraham, Isaac, Yaakov, Mosheva Aaron, David Shalomah, happy and proud of the way we are setting aside time, even in a modern world, to be able to study and to understand the words of Akadosh Baruch Hu and to connect in the best way possible. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.